Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. Happy Valentine's Day. I don't love Valentine's Day. I think it's kind of dumb, but I do think it's amazing and radical to celebrate love. So I like that part of it. I just think it's a little, I don't know, it's a little sappy. I'm a little sappy and I think it's a little sappy. You know, I also think it's like grossly capitalistic, but you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer if you have an amazing date tonight. And if you don't have an amazing date tonight, who fucking cares? You're a bad bitch. Take yourself on a date because you are so motherfucking cute. Okay. The moon right now, according to Channy, Channy Nicholas, who is amazing. Oh my God. Download her app. It is in Taurus. So it's all about trusting your body's rhythms and not rushing. I have been rushing lately and it doesn't feel good. My therapist always says, like, when you feel like rushing, stop everything. Do the exact opposite. Just take a pause because that's when you make mistakes and that's when things get, like, hairy and and unnecessarily dramatic. So I'm taking a little pause. You know, I don't talk about it much on here, but at the end of season one, there was this giant ritual that I was a part of. I was the center of it, the main focus of it, which essentially means I was the guinea pig and that I I didn't know what kind of ride I was signing up for. So some weird magical things have been flung at me sort of haphazardly, or they feel that way at least. And so I think there have had to be a lot of pauses this past year since that, uh, that ritual that was insane. Wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. And for those of you who are like, you know, dying for updates about the show, we have almost rough cuts of all six episodes right now. So the first five definitely have rough cuts. We're starting to tweak fine cuts on those. And then the sixth episode is getting a little zhuzh. It's not quite at a rough cut space yet. And if you're like just tuning in for the first time and you're like, what the fuck is going on? What are you talking about? New Blood Universe is a team of paranormal investigators, witches and vampires and all kinds of weirdos. We're a paranormal production company and we are basically making paranormal content that hasn't really been seen before. We're a small team. We don't have loads of money. We've been kind of like in a scrappy way putting the pieces together over the last couple of years and we, we had a successful Kickstarter and thank you so much to our backers for that. Without you, we wouldn't have been able to do this. And we will deliver. It's coming. It's slow when you can't have all the pieces that like a Hollywood production can have. So it's coming soon. Spring, the first show is called New Blood. And then probably in the fall or winter, the second show in Human Beings will be coming out. So far, they're going to be premiered on YouTube. But we are looking into distribution rights on other platforms to see if we can stream there on like Hulu and Amazon Prime and things like that. So if you want to see what we're up to, kind of get familiar with the crew, you can check us out on 
Instagram and TikTok at New Blood Universe, all one word. Let's talk about my guest, Brian Seach. Brian and his wife, Terry, both became interested in the unexplained mysteries very early in their lives. And so they're a husband and wife research team, and they've been investigating the paranormal and unexplained events together since like the mid-1980s. And in 1987, they decided to create their own research investigation group called the Center for Unexplained Events. They investigate ghost sightings and UFOs, and they have a particular fascination in Bigfoot research. In 2000, they also joined the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, and they have so much information in their brains. I think there's something to be said about boots on the ground research. They also were a part of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, which is the largest civilian controlled and run UFO documentation like fucking beast in the world. And hundreds of thousands of abductee and contactee experiences have been documented through MUFON. And you can be a field researcher in your area if you want to. They have people who specialize in investigating craft. I know it's real. It's a real thing. Some people are like, what the fuck? Is this actually a thing? But it is. Anyway, this is another one of those old interviews. Brian and I talked about a year ago as well. Everything's been pushed back because of these shows that we're creating. But this interview, it's timeless, honestly. Like the information that he shares, it doesn't matter when it drops. It's still important and it's still incredibly valid. Brian and Terry said that they were like the original Mulder and Scully, which is so fucking cool. Before Mulder and Scully were Mulder and Scully, they were. We talk about the obstacles of this kind of research. You know, I think one of the things that Brian says is like, the more we research, it seems like the dumber we get. And that's the truth, right? Like the further down the rabbit hole you get, I'm getting chills, the weirder it gets and the more questions you have, not answers. And that's why it takes such an incredibly curious kind of person to do the work that Brian and Terry and myself and my team do, because you have to be comfortable in the curiosity. You have to be comfortable in that place of surrender, in, in not knowing. And we try so hard as a human species to know, to understand, to like fit everything into a controlled motherfucking box. And the truth is, when we're really honest with ourselves, and most of us aren't, that this is just a fucking farce. And at the end of the day, when we're quiet by ourselves, if we give ourselves space to be so, we know just as well as everyone else that we don't know shit. And that this world is so unbelievably mysterious and undocumented and undiscovered. And we just think we own it and we have it all under control and we just don't. And so I would much rather denounce that sort of fake understanding of quote unquote reality so that I can lean into the weird. And perhaps that's how it's meant to be. The closer we get to the truth, the less we know. We become more of like a little bit of everything, you know, like it's too vast to completely understand. And finding through practice and experiences the solace in that, the everythingness and the nothingness. Anyway, 
We talk about that kind of stuff. We talk about cryptids like crazy, Bigfoot, Mothman, Dogman, Frogman, Lizardman, Mantisman. <laughs> we talk about all the motherfucking mans. I don't know why we call them man. I feel like at the very least, these entities are non-binary and genderqueer, but you know, whatever. So take a listen here to Brian Seach and... I hope you enjoy this episode, my little munches, and you have lots and lots of love for each other today, okay? I generally start with asking about your woo background, and I use woo as like the catch-all for all of the the unexplained, all of the yeah. weird. And, you know, in my experience, myself included, When it comes to the paranormal, almost everyone who wants to dive in like we do, whereas like we have a center or a podcast or whatever, had a remarkable experience, a paranormal experience at a young age. Is that true for you? Like, how how did it start? Did you have something weird happen? Well, I don't know. Not really anything weird. It was just I grew up, uh, uh, you know, like a monster or horror UFO geek in the 70s. And I'd watch like a thing called, it was called Chiller Theater here in uh, Pennsylvania. Well, now we're in West Virginia, but when I lived in Pennsylvania, I, I started to watch like Legend of Boggy Creek in search of with Leonard Nimoy, UFO things and the monster things. I was always a monster geek. I still am a big monster geek. I really am. Nothing really happened like when I was younger too. Nothing? Portion- no, we had some interesting things happen later after we joined the group. Uh, after we met, uh, I met my wife and, and we formed our group, it was just a, an intense uh, passion. Uh, you, we wanted to learn. We wanted to learn about the unexplained. We just call we don't call it the woo. We call it the unexplained because we don't know what a lot of these things are. Some people think they know exactly, but we don't. Let, let's be honest. I mean, you've been doing this for a while, so there's a lot more questions and answers. There always will be. We're just trying to document as best we could and hopefully have our own experiences with some things. And that's how it kind of started for us. We've been doing it since uh, 1986 with our first group, Q, wow. Center for Unexplained Events. Events. Did your was Terry your wife into it already? The the weird, the unexplained before she met you, or did you convince her that this was? No, no. Yeah, she had an experience with a ghost in her house, so she was always interested in it, like I was. So it yeah. was kind of a, a good, you know, good good merging when we, whenever we started to talk about it, and then we decided to form our group uh, in eighty six. We were married in eighty five. So wow. So you really, I can't even believe it. You never had, well, I guess you said later you had weird things happen. But when, you know, up until 1986, you hadn't had like a run-in with the ghost or any like haunted houses or anything. You just no, not really, of- not really. I was just being a being a kid, watching everything, reading as much as I could. Then, uh, no, I, I can't say anything happened happened up to. I wish I could tell you, like, wow, we saw this, or we <laughs> saw that. But a lot of the things that happened to us later is when we were on a group or on some expedition, things like that. But uh, not a pretty normal, boring, yeah. boring childhood. Just just being a kid. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we talked a gajillion years ago for the pre-call, I asked you, or, or I guess maybe you brought it up, that you were part of MUFON for a while as well. When did that wow. happen? Wow. Jeez. That had to be over 10 years ago, I'm guessing. My wife and I were both in MUFON. I dropped out. She was still a section director. We were both researchers, and then she ended up being a state ser- section director for a couple of years in Pennsylvania, of course. We researched cases, went out on cases and things like that. And then she was in charge of what would have been the southwestern region where we, where we lived. We lived in a place called Beaver County. It's called Hopewell. Well, uh, Beaver County, Pennsylvania, she had about four or five counties on, in southwestern Pennsylvania. I've talked to some people before who have been involved in MUFON and, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, overall, though, 
people say it's amazing that, you know, it's such a huge network. A lot of people don't even know about it. Would you be able to just explain it briefly for the listeners who don't know? Sure. It's the largest billion UFO organization in the world. Being I have not been in it for a while, I mean, I couldn't tell you how big it is now. Our friend, we have a good friend, Fred Saluga, who's a state section director down here in West Virginia. He's still in it. He's been in it for a long time. But it, it's, uh, you know, you get cases. Somebody, let's say like our neighbor would, would have to see a UFO. He would file the case to MUPON and then it would go to the state section director and we would be able to, to, to get it and contact the eyewitness. And and then ask them questions, try to decipher if it, you know, if it was something man-made, possibly even an unknown. So we researched some cases and towards the end, like, especially for me, you end up getting, hey, I saw a twinkle light in the sky. And a lot of time somebody would like, let's say you would file a report. I would try to contact you via email or call you back and you would never respond. Mm-hmm. It happened. It happened more and more. So we're like, why, why am, why are we still doing this when the couple of cases we get now, a lot of them, I'm sure are probably Starlink satellites, mm-hmm. you know us sends up and the, the good cases you get actually are rare now. So that's another reason. And and plus it's not, it, it could be expensive. You know, you have to take the test to be a field investigator. So we just decided, Hey, as far as time, we're not really getting as much out of it as we think. So then that's why we end up quitting. Yeah. So in it, in it about, geez, I can't, I don't remember if it's about four or five years we were in it. So for people who are just learning about MUFON, people also go out to like where there is an alleged crash as well. Is that correct? Like, like it, well, that's usually a, a specialized group now. They kind of changed it after we left. Oh, did they? And all the super really good cases kind of go to a select team. Like, let's say that something crashed really close to us, uh, like in Pennsylvania. We wouldn't get it. There'd be a specialized team that would get it. Yeah, they do have teams. They used to be called the Star Team. Again, I... I really don't know if it's still called that or if they have another name for it. I'd yeah. be lying to you. I told you I knew for sure because it's been a while since we've been. It might even have been more than five years. Honest to God, it's been so long. Wow. So then you decided, you and Terry, you were like, okay, we're just going to keep investigating kind of at our own pace with our own center. Or I guess actually, no, you had this, the Center for Unexplained Events. Yeah, Q Center for Unexplained Events was always our. And we did get reports through, and we'd still get some occasional reports. People will fill out you know, fill out the forms, and we do look into them as best, as best we could. We don't get a lot. But then again, we don't really push for a lot. We push more for the cryptids, and we still do some paranormal research, things like that. So we kind of run the whole gamut. When we were married in 86, when we started our group, one of the main goals, too, was to archive and collect as much source material, whether it be magazines, especially newspaper articles. We've got, got a lot of old newspaper articles. People have, older researchers have given us newspaper articles and we've cataloged them. We're trying to keep them there for posterity, mm-hmm. to share them. We share a lot of our things with fellow researchers so they can use it also. Been a, you know, an on, a long, ongoing thing that we've been doing. It's definitely a labor of love then for y'all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got a, You've got to enjoy this. You have long lulls where you get nothing and then all of a sudden you'll get, you'll get a flurry. You know, we just did a, a Bigfoot event Saturday, a couple of days ago on Saturday in Tomlinson Run, which is, we live in a place called Hancock County, West Virginia now. And that's basically on it board. It's the sliver. That's if you look at a map of West Virginia, it's a small sliver between Ohio and PA or right outside of Weirder. And we live in Hancock County, which is the smallest county in West Virginia. And this is the second year we've had it. We had about 70 some people. We had some people talk to us. We can try to follow up on a couple of reports that we got. One of them, a gentleman claims that he, now this was years ago in the 90s, he saw what he claimed looked like a Jersey Devil type thing. It had wings and it came on and had, looked like it had, had, it had a horse's head and him and his son saw it and they ran out of the area. Now we have to, 
we have to talk with them, even though it's an older report and it's still not too far from where we live. It happened in Hancock County, I believe, or Brooklyn. I think it was Brook, actually, which is the county right below us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get some more information from him. I tried to get, I said, hey, could you draw a quick sketch? No, he wouldn't draw it. People don't like to draw. We kind of always push for an eyewitness to draw because that's kind of a window into their, like their eyes, what they've seen, which you saw draw. They always say, I'm not a good artist, but you'd be surprised some of the sketches we actually have of whether they be put uh, winged entities, things like that. Dog man is another one, but people are pretty good when they really sit down and do, you know, give us a drawing. Yeah. So what, I mean, you said you're a, ma- a monster guy forever. Is that really yeah. what drew you to cryptids or was exactly. there... That was it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then when I actually found out when I started to buy all these UFO magazines, UFO magazines were huge in the 70s. So I, I started to buy a couple and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm saying, hey, UFOs, Bigfoot. You know, I would watch the documentaries on TV. I'm like, wait, UFOs, Bigfoot. I got to read into this more and then got more interested in the Bigfoot. And then they start having documentaries. And then a little bit later on, horror movies of Bigfoot killing people and things like that. I just, yeah. you know, just got into it. And we, I'm trying to think of the year just before I even met my wife. I was searching, you know, you just look at the word Beaver County Times and they said Bigfoot in Pennsylvania. And it had an outline of a print. I think it was in no Bay County of people claiming they actually saw Bigfoot Pennsylvania where we lived. And I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, Bigfoot Pennsylvania. You know, you know, growing up, I always thought it was an out west thing. You know, the yeah. west Bigfoot was out there. When I start reading into it more, hey, Ohio is a hotbed, Pennsylvania. Down here, we're starting to get some reports and trying to get these people to talk here. And I'm sure once we really push it, as we're going to do here forward, is we're going to be getting more reports down here. Hancock borders Beaver County, where we used to live. Washington County is another one in PA. Now, I I want to really get into the cryptid stuff with you because, well, because they're fascinating. But also, I think what I run into a lot when I talk to people about cryptids is this never ending debate, which I know you know that is happening, which is are they like some kind of in, in yeah, like is is Bigfoot like some kind of primate that we haven't discovered yet, or is Bigfoot an interdimensional being? And I have to ask, what do you think? <laughs> the answer I give today might not be the answer I give you tomorrow. Yeah. Basically, as as an organization, like here's our shirt here. This is our organization for people to see. We research, we do research, we start out we're we're going out on a case. We start out as if these as if these creatures are a physical animal like a bear in the woods. Now our research starts like that. We're looking for the obviously we're looking for signs. You're looking for the print, you're looking for possibly hair. Signs, a big creature maybe went through the area, tore up the area, maybe dead animals tore apart. Then <laughs> you say to yourself, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a suburban neighborhood. This six to 800 pound big monkey-like creature walked through. Didn't leave much evidence. My friend Fred always says, where do they come from? Where do they go? Then you hit that, I don't want to say a wall. Then you're like, where do you go from here? And again, we, you always start on the, you know, the, the base science. But, you know, a lot of things just don't make sense. Don't make sense about Bigfoot. Don't make sense about, especially these winged entities, these dogmen, all the stray mothman, things like that. You're, you just shake your head and you're like, man, there's more to this. There's even more to the Bigfoot. And it's almost like when I'm when we get presentations, I, I'm saying almost the same thing I say now. How we start out, what we look for. And then I'll, we will list our reports and what happened in a report. And if, if the eyewitness says, you know, this creature just vanished. I mean. It just vanished. It didn't go behind a tree. 
it just vanished. That goes in the report. I don't cherry pick. Everything that an eyewitness says goes into that report. Now, if I think like, you know, obviously that this guy I think is way out there or he's not telling the truth, then I kind of dismiss the report. But I haven't had to do that yet because probably coming from our UFO background and things like that, we look at a, a phenomenon, whether it be Bigfoot, Dogman, we look at it from all different angles. Every angle I can think of, I look at. I don't, like a lot of cryptos, cryptozoologists looking for a body, right? Looking for a physical specimen. We, they, they do that. And then we say, hey, well, you know, there were slight spheres seen in the wood. We didn't hear that. Shut off the side. This thing disappeared. This thing walked down the middle of a field in the snow and the prince thought, uh, well, it, obviously the, the creature walked to the middle and then backstepped the whole way out. Obviously, no, it didn't go through. It didn't go up. It didn't disappear. What, what, how, what do you do? Those those reports are given as we take them. Exactly. We don't we don't alter them. We try to assess the eyewitness, their you know, their credibility, pull a hoax on us or things like that. And most of the time they're not. Occasionally, maybe they might from afar, maybe you can kind of misidentify it. But the ones that we get, the ones that we talk, I should say, the ones that we put out there are the best cases. If there's something that's even kind of iffy, we we don't put that out. I mean, and there's very few that we don't put out because we believe almost most of the ones we get, maybe 90%, they're good, honest reports. And we always say, they said, you believe the report. And I will say, well, I believe that you believe that you saw this creep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's some of, I'm telling you, there's some that don't, don't make sense. And I, I, we're kind of like in the Bigfoot community. I, I do believe we're kind of, I don't want to, I, mean, I can't say ostracized. We're kind of like maybe not taken as seriously as a pure pure flesh and blood. Hey, it's a gigantopithecus or blah, blah, blah. It's an unknown primate. We're kind of like down here because we'll say, yeah, it might be honestly, but what about this and this? No, 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 no. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. It ha- we don't work that way. And that's kind of way, kind of why even a cryptozoological group, there's a lot of big foot only groups out there. Yeah. Very few what we call cryptozoological groups or very few that actually research the whole gamut. There really is. If you look at it, mostly Bigfoot groups, a lot of them are one set, one, one mind that could go out there, boom, boom, boom. And a lot just doesn't make sense. I personally think we should have a little bit, a little bit more evidence of a, of a huge creature out there walking through the woods, eating, you know, tearing some things up and things screaming. We should have somehow gut feeling says something. There's something more, especially here on the East Coast. And what I tell people, you might have two different phenomena. You might have a West Coast phenomena and the East Coast phenomena might mimic that. But they might they might even be two separate. They might look alike, but they might be two separate entities. And people don't want to hear that. They want everything wrapped up in a little box tied up in a bow. No, it it can't be. It's got to be A, you know, A or B. It can't be C. No, 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 no. One or the other. You got to pick. And. We don't do, and, and you're laughing because I think you know this. Yes. We don't do that. We're, we're going to say, like, let's say you would give us a report and we would say, you know, let's say you saw a moth and a Bigfoot fighting in a field. Well, guess what? That report's going on. You've seen them a fight. You saw them fighting in a field and I'm going to assess your credibility. Mm-hmm. If I put it out there, that means I, I'm agreeing that you believe you saw what you did. You might not know what you saw, but we believe you saw that. And that's with the way we're going to research until we, we shut down shop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. And I I love that. That's what I say a lot when people ask me, like, well, do you believe all of that that people tell you on this podcast? And I say, well, I believe that they believe that they saw that. And occasionally there are some folks who I do. This is why I do pre-calls generally, because they come through and we do like a 15 minute call. And I I know right away they're full of shit. And, (laughs) and, And that's like, actually, like you said, that's actually few and far between. Like most people are genuinely like, holy shit, I, I experienced this thing. I haven't told anyone a lot of the time. It's been eating away at me. And so now I found a place where I can, you know, express that and not be judged for it. So it's almost like we're 
I don't want to say it, but almost like we're therapists in a way. Yeah. Yes. Paranormal because, you know, therapists. Paranormal. Right? Boy, if we charge, we'd probably be, I'd probably be making a fortune in that. Area, but <laughs> so, I mean, you know, let, let's face it. Like this gentleman who, who talked to us on uh, Saturday, he talked to my friend Fred and it was almost like he was relieved. He says, you know, I saw this and he goes, and it looked like the Jersey devil. And just, it seemed like he felt good just telling us because he knew we weren't going to say, hey man, what are you smoking up here in the holler? You know what I mean? <laughs> But and we, we we found that time and time again, you look in some of these people's eyes. I've talked to people who've seen Bigfoot, they get goosebumps up and down their arms 30 years later, 40 years later. I've had people say, you know, I don't care if you believe what we saw. Here's what we saw. Believe it or not. I don't care. We don't use your name. So if let's say you, you come to me. Hey, I saw this thing. We're not going to say Fenn saw this. Not using your name. You're an eyewitness. You're lumped with everybody else like I would be. I'm an eyewitness. Okay. Um, it's not about using people's names. And, and it's not about, you know, we don't want, want to make anyone famous. It's about the, the subject matter only. It's not about, you know, Joe wants to be famous because he rode in the UFO. That Joe is going on every talk show and he's, you know, he wants to be famous and make money out of this. And he's, you know, no, it's Joe. It's about your sighting. Yeah. It's not about you. And it's not. And our group is not about me. It's not about my wife. It's about our organization. It's about our research. When we go out there, I always say when, my, you know, me and Terry or my friend Fred, we will give presentations together. And we always say we could be up here with Bozo the Clown Mask and they don't care. They want to hear. They don't care about us. They want to know what we know. And yeah, 9.999 yeah. will probably won't ever remember our name. Hopefully they remember the organization to come back to us. And that has happened. You know, hey, I saw you two, a couple years ago. I still got your card. This happened to me. And those are the times you're like, man, all these presentations are doing something. Mm-hmm. At least people mm-hmm. are coming to you, whether it's this podcast or, you know, a report, even five or six years later. I mean, it's really cool. That's what that's what's satisfying. And it doesn't happen a lot. But do you so you mentioned something about the the Bigfoot people are often very Bigfoot people and they don't go out of their lane. And relatively recently, I went to a cryptid con and I remember there was this guy who I can't think of his name right now, but you probably know who he is. He has a TV show. I I cannot think of his name. He was giving a talk and what he had discovered in his research was that places in the country that had Bigfoot sightings, almost all of them had UFO sightings in the same area. And so he was showing this map. And, you know, you could you could hear like the discomfort in the audience, like because these people were like, "Ah, I don't want it to be (laughs) no UFOs. So so he says, finally, he said he speaks to it and he says, you know, I'm not I don't know, but I'm wondering if Bigfoot is interdimensional. And I mean, the whole crowd was just like, you know, and it was amazing. I thought, well, you just there's so much that we don't know. I mean, that's why I find investigating this stuff so fascinating because it's just that i don't know shit i the more i investigate the less i know <laughs> you know what i was going to say that i'm like the, the the more that we research it seems like the dumber we get because yeah. all of a sudden when you maybe you think maybe i got a slight grip on this something pops out and hits you on the other side like one of the bigger things like in you uh bigfoot bigfoot specifically in the last all oh, maybe five to eight years is these sightings of orbs okay we call them light spheres. We call them light spheres. We actually have a special and ongoing research set up just for that. And so about five, six years ago, people started to come. Hey, I was out in the woods strictly looking for Bigfoot. And all of a sudden, I see this glowing sphere of light going through the woods up in the air. And then right after I hear a Bigfoot scream, I see, you know, there's something moving around or vice versa. You know, it's just the exact opposite. Is there a connection? And I tell people, I'm like, I don't know if like, say, you know, these orbs or Bigfoot, they turn into Bigfoot or they're 
any, you know, is this some kind of energy or things that they can manifest? I, I don't know, but we do know maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to say maybe six, eight years. Actually, I would really have to timeline. I got to get better on this one. I present it, but the timeline is these people are starting to talk. Diehard Bigfooters, diehard. You know, I was out there and I seen these light spheres. They were blue. Some were blue, white. They're just floating around in the trees. They almost look like they're sentient, like they're maybe not energy, like there's some kind of a, a sentient bee. Okay. And then, you know, I see this Bigfooter, you know, something walking, crashing through the woods, this big figure. Are they, or another theory that I, I could say, are they two different phenomena? Or th- is there a Bigfoot out there? And all of a sudden this sentient energy or these light spheres, they're, they're coming through and they're checking to see how we're reacting to both phenomena. I, I don't know. I wish I knew. I really do. I, I, do. I do. Sometimes when I give presentations, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not giving you any answers today. I'm going to give you more questions to think about it. I, I just don't know. And I'm being honest. I'm not going to like lie to people. This is how it is. There's people out there. They know exactly how everything is, blah, blah, blah. But okay, show me more proof. Then I'll believe you. I, I, no, I have no problem believing people. But you have to show that proof though. So do I. So do you gotta show it. If we get yeah. anybody can come on and say something. And- yeah. So oh man, there's so many things I want to ask you. So, well, about the orbs. Let's let's talk about the orbs for a second. So I think that's so fascinating, first of all, because exactly. there have been so many crisscross reports of that. Mm-hmm. And I have I've experienced them. Totally. Yeah. And isn't it all like what was your experience like? Did did we you had- have we had two up in a place called Livermore. There's just, there was a cemetery, then there's the Heritage Trail. It's a bike walk trail. We did, you know, on two separate occasions, we saw them. I saw, I saw one that was white and it was like swaying back and forth, almost like a, I was on the trail. We, we had split up into two different groups. I had taken a group about a, maybe a half a mile, quarter of a mile from the other group. My wife was with the other group. And we see this, it, it almost, I, I tell people, it was swaying back and forth, almost like if there was a railroad worker coming up with one of those old, that's what it looked like. And you could see it with your eyes, but it was kind of weird. Like it was the opposite. When you, we had night vision, when you put it in night vision, we didn't see it. Then you went down and you saw it again. And it got, as it got closer, we got up to try it and then it just disappeared. And the other time is this time we were playing our set of frequencies, which I can get into that later on a machine. And we saw one come over come over the river. It was the Connemar River. There's a trail in the Connemar River. goes underneath it. And there's a valley. Perfect place, right? And there's actually a cemetery and a graveyard on top. There's like all your elements there, right? And our friend, Dr. Patricia, got that on tape. And it was one ball was up in the sky. And then it appeared to, to split into two. And then we couldn't see it because it moved out of our line of sight. So that was two two episodes there. I don't know what they are. I mean, you know, you tell me. I wish you could. somebody could tell us. I mean, no, no clue. Well, I mean, the other thing is, I, and for, this is especially for the listeners, from your research, what do you think are other tells of specifically Bigfoot besides the orbs? I mean, I, I think you mentioned something about frequencies and then the, the yell, you, you like the, the scream. And I know people have mentioned smell, but would you be willing to go through a few of those? Yeah, there's there's the one thing that it even happened to us at a place called probably heard of Salt Fork State Park in Ohio. We were there at a conference and we had some of our members at a place called the Handicap Shelter. I don't know. You may or may not know about the park much, but the Handicap Shelter is a place where, you know, the handicap can go. There's it's big pavilion. You, they can go up in there and sit and walk, you know, listen to the woods and things like that. Well, we had three or four of our members were there and myself, Terry and Dave and Carrie, Rupert, we all pulled in there, pulled into the lot. We, we all get out at the same time. We all open our doors. We take maybe, maybe two steps and we all froze. 
at the same time. And we looked at each other and you were hit. They call it, I guess they call it like you're, you're sound blasted or you're zapped or plenty of terms for it. And we just sat there and looked at each other and you felt this wall of you shouldn't be here. Very uncomfortable, very, very intense. We all, we all looked at each other. It was weird. Almost at the same time. And we said, something's off. Okay. Something's not right. So we walked to the shelter, the rest of our members. First thing that they said, we didn't even say anything. We walked up. Something's off tonight. There's something. It's something off in the woods. They felt it. They, I don't think they were there that much longer than us. So Dave and us, we came walking. We had a parabolic mic. We had night vision. So we walked up and down like the road and around the woods, but nothing, nothing. And then after about 20 minutes, that is almost like someone took a light switch and boom. You, you, everybody went like the woods. You start to hear some things in the woods, just normal. You felt like, okay, we're good now. And they, you know, they call it getting infrasound, getting zapped. And I'll tell you what is the most intense we've ever had. Now, was something there that night? Can I say 100% sure? Absolutely, absolutely not. But if you were there with us, you would have felt it. You would say, you know what? I would stake my life. There's something in those woods that you, mm-hmm. but you just can't tell. And that's one of them. Like I had said, some people have gotten footprints. It just stop. They'll go in the middle of a field. They stop. And I don't mean they go this way or they go this way or there. They stop. How did that happen? They going through something or they going up yeah. because those prints stop. Now, the most, your, your skeptics, you know, your diehard Bigfooters. Well, they obviously walked all in the middle of that field and they, they backstepped all the way back out. Perfectly. I don't know. That's what, again, animals do, will do that. So that's not, but I just find that, you know, in, in a huge snow covered field, say at night, are they going to do that? Or did they just go through something? Did they go through portal? Did they go through another dimension? Our friend, Dr. Paul Johnson says about the quantum theory, you know, creature's not actually there until you see it. So again, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've been shot at. They, they disappeared while being shot at. Again, these are, we call them high strains in cases. It's not your typical, your typical cases. I'm driving down the road, one walks in front of you to the other side. Those are your typical cases. These are non-typical, but they're out there. I mean, our organizations aren't going to push those aside and say they don't count. They count these people. And, and nine out of 10 of these people, they want no publicity. This is what, yeah. and you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to tell the world that I saw Bigfoot. They're going to think I was drinking too much or I was smoking something. They did, the ones who really want, oh yeah, you could, you can use my name and certain little things you can say, I think he's doing it for publicity, things like that. To me, it's always better if the Pearson says, I don't want you to use my name at all. It's, it's, and we don't. Every, you know, you're all eyewitnesses. Y'all got one name, eyewitness. Yeah. Try yeah. some of the other things. They, like I said, they disappeared. The one report that, that I remember when I was with the PBS, the one gentleman says he only saw the top half of it, didn't see the bottom. And then it disappeared. This was uh, somewhere in mid, mid Pennsylvania. And please, I do not remember where this was. It was like so long ago, early in the research. You know, the, the screaming, they yell, uh, they'll throw rocks, bluff charge like they're coming at you. They want you out of their territory, out of their home. And those are some of the stranger, you know, the red eyes. Mm-hmm. What about, so when I had an experience, there were orbs and there were rocks being thrown. I mean, there was, it was so weird. I mean, it's, this shit is always so weird. Like it was just this brush and there was nothing back there. I mean, you could see in the daylight we had gone back and there was nothing. Like it's just literally this big thicket. And within the thicket, there was something in there like aiming at us and with rock. I mean, it was just very odd. And was this in Pennsylvania? Yes, it actually was. Okay. It was, yeah. And and I, and Hellam County, are you familiar? No. Brightsville? Is that, is that out east? Yeah, well, yeah, like Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, out that way, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. So that was happening. But the other thing is there was, and, and I'm just wondering if this is something you've ever heard, There, I really felt like I could go to sleep. And what's weird is that when I'm on investigations, I'm jazzed because I'm so excited. Even if it's 4 a.m., I'm like, well, like senses, I'm, your senses are heightened. Yeah, they're heightened. Yeah. And so I just remember I could have laid down in the gravel and just taken a nap. I w- It felt like I was being kind of lulled to sleep almost. And then when we got in the car to leave, I felt normal again. I was like, oh, yeah, what are we doing next? Is that something that you- you've come across with cryptids? Not with cryptids as much. Now, you know, when the famous Mothman, they said that when they saw this, this Mothman entity, the red eyes almost looked like they were hypnotizing. Just a, a real funny story. We were down in Point Pleasant uh, two weeks ago, and we were at the TNT area doing an investigation, and our machine wouldn't work, so I had to walk back to try to jump the battery. On my way back, this is the McClintock Wildlife Preserve, where the igloos were. So I'm just scanning with my flashlight. I'm carrying a heavy battery, and I see these two red eyes looking. And they were like this big. And the first thing I said is, I mean, I talked to her. I said, is someone blanking with me, right? Mm-hmm. So I just stood there with my flashlight on the, the eye. So I moved it to the left. Wait a minute. I moved it to the left. It's, there's a tree. That's a tree. Moved it to the right. That's a tree. I'm like, and I started to walk closer. I'm like, these somebody put two red, red reflectors, look like eyes right on the tree. And this was back a little bit, just far enough so you could see. I'm not right up close, maybe, I don't know, 15 yards. But if you were flashing a light like I was, all of a sudden, you know, you're in an area, your senses are heightened. You're, wow. I'm like, oh, am I going to see them all? <laughs> or is that a Bigfoot looking at me? But it, my heart was pounding when I was like, I was shining that flashlight. And I'm like, oh, this could be it, Brian. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it might as well be a real creature because then at least I could say I saw some because I've never seen anything. And you just, you always wonder how you're going to react if you ever do see something. Yeah. So at least I know I may walk, I, I may be petrified, but if I, I want my, my, my curiosity might get me. I'm like, I want to see what is there. Maybe not the smartest thing to do, but yeah. I just wanted to see, oh my God, could this be a moth? Could this be a Bigfoot? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were the, you know, they were, they put the decent sized reflectors, not the huge ones, but they almost look like eyes. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I, I hear you with that. I definitely, in those situations, I am one who goes toward the weird thing and not running in the other direction, which I know may be stupid. Yeah, it might be, but also my curiosity just like eats my fear. And it's, I mean, because like, what if, what if you could have that direct experience, you know, it would be like be mind blowing. So I, I might be dead afterward, but at least yeah, I have. Well, so. no. I always tell my wife, I got to take one for the team, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Smell. I have heard this a lot, that there is like a strong smell with Bigfoot. I've not personally experienced it. Recently, I watched Jack Osborne's show about mm-hmm. Bigfoot, and he went somewhere in, I want to say, the Pacific Northwest. I might be wrong about that. but And that was something that they talked about, was the stench. Is that something that you get from folks? And what we is get it, it like? occasionally. We get some people saying occasionally, and all researchers get them. They don't get them in all, every case. We, If somebody asks, what do you think it is? Maybe it's kind of like a defense mechanism, like a skunk. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing stuff out there. Sometimes you throw your you know, what against the wall and see what sticks, right? But make, it would make sense because, you know, you smell a skunk, you're you're, you're going to move away. You're not going towards a skunk or you're not going, you know, that stench, you know, wow, it's this is so bad. I've got to move back. Again, we don't know. Just throwing it out there. In some cases, we haven't had that many cases with the stench. And a lot of the other researchers, they say, yeah, occasionally there'll be a smell or 
afterwards there'll still be a lingering smell but have you noticed the location that has been the like really active as far as cryptid sightings in your research and, and is there a place that you're like whenever i get a chance i always want to go there because it's always active or it's very frequently active well in pennsylvania obviously it's a chestnut ridge westmoreland county dairy area fayette county is like westmoreland's one but if they would be 1A. I mean, so close. Now, closer to us is a place we've been researching for years, a place called Beaver Creek State Park. It's in Columbia County, Ohio. We've had some interesting things happen there. My favorite place, if I could only ever go to one place and research the rest of my life, it's Beaver Creek, Pennsylvania. We actually were down there a little over a month ago, and we we stayed for maybe two and a half, three hours. We did hear some knocks. We heard a couple knocks, but that was the only thing that actually happened that night. It wasn't a bad feeling, or you didn't feel like you had to get out there. No, nothing else happened, but it was a beautiful night. It, it was actually got started to get real cold because this, this happened, like I said, about a month and a half ago, probably end of, end of May, I think. It might have been Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. But that has been my favorite place by far. Now, we used to go to the Chestnut Ridge when we were with the PA Bigfoot Society, but we don't go up there anymore because we were, right now we're nestled in. We call it the Tri-State Triangle because we're in right in between three states. And, you know, we're in the Panhandle, the Northern Panhandle. We got Columbiana, Jefferson County, Ohio, and then Beaver County and Washington next to us. So we're in that place. We don't have to go all the way up there. There's too yeah, many yeah. places here that we want to check out. What is it about Beaver Creek that you love so much? I mean, what, what, it's just, is it just to- so active? It's the whole area. There's the go, allegedly the ghost of Gretchen down there. There's a ghost. They've had UFO sightings. You, you know, you're walking through, you know, these hollows and these huge, huge mountains next to you and stuff like that. It's just a pretty boy Floyd was killed actually up on the, uh, up on the mountain there. They've had weird stuff. I was just talking to somebody over this weekend who they've had some activity there by that. Now it's a remote control air for airplane, you know, the air, airplanes. Also it's pretty boy Floyd. He has a monument there. So they've had activity there. Just the whole area, the whole general area, just with all that together in one, one area, just, it's just fun. It's a fun place. It's, it's a place where you're like, yeah, you know what? If something could go up and some, maybe some of these caves up there, no one's going to catch it, you know? And a place that I think that something could stay there if it's well hidden in the day. My, my, I don't even, I don't want to say theory. Kind of my ideas is maybe they might go underground or caves during the day. If they, if they're small enough openings, if they're up far or, you know, things like that, there have to be a lot of circumstances, maybe two ways out. Someone's watching and you, you stay hidden during the day, you own the night basic they own mm. the night we have our we have our night vision and things but they they know they know we're here i was telling somebody about this real, i gotta tell you this real cool story though the rupert sheldrake's book yeah you probably heard of rupert sheldrake it was called the sense of being stared at in the book there's a wildlife photographer over in africa and he's taking these pictures of this huge pack of monkeys he said all of a sudden all of these monkeys get up i think that they turn right they turn right and they all looked in one direction all at the same time and it turned around and they ran but this wildlife photographer says i've got to see what they were running from so he waited there about an hour and then he saw this this pack you know this uh you know a couple i don't know what do you call them like a safari or whatever and the other natives were carrying packs the whole line of them they knew these people were coming almost an hour before they got there now you're talking a pack of monkeys what could a creature that was it's not paranormal if it has been bred in the wild it knows that you're in those woods right Mm -hmm. we believe that they can read bird distress calls birds animals they all make a distress call when humans are around and there was an old story about geronimo the the, you know the indian how he was able to 
a big capture by the white man is he learned bird distress call. So when, you know, the cavalry is riding in on their horses, birds start chirping and he would say, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's a bird in distress. There's some kind of predator coming. Somebody's coming. He would just sneak out of there and not get caught. And I eventually got caught and things like that. But uh, when I first read that, I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And if you're in there, you know, bird animals too, not just birds, animals, squirrels, things like that. They, they sound different when a, when a human's there and they sense them or they see them. They're alerting the other animals that, hey, you know, king predators coming. Look out. Yeah. You're humans and they're a bunch of idiots. They'll kill you, right? <laughs> Definitely. If you, I always try to put everything on base to make sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's take the paranormal out. Let's just make bare sense. You know, if you're like, we're the number one predator. We're the apex predator, man. Bigfoot would probably be second. So what does it do? Does the opposite of what we do. We're mainly day people, mainly. So although they're seen in night and day, uh, almost equal, I still think they're seen more at night. So if I know you're out there, you may kill me. You know what? I'm going to go to sleep in the day. And while you're sleeping, I'm going to come out. Does that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? I think yeah. it does. From, from like an evolutionary standpoint, yeah. For again, sure. I'm not saying, again, there's been plenty that has been seen in a day too, but just, you know, trying to just make bare sense of a lot of this stuff, I do. That makes sense. Yeah, you brought up a point earlier too about, what did you say? Uh, it was like an egregore tulpa, like the idea, oh, it was quantum mechanics you were talking about. Quantum, the, yeah, basically, yeah. like if you, for the listeners, if you don't know, like the, the theory that, which has been proven in multiple ways and experiments, that like the thing might not exist unless you're perceiving the thing unless you're actually yeah. like or there's look- a trigger or there's somebody to see it yeah right yeah. again it could it, it, it could be true i mean it could it, it could make sense why aren't we seeing it more where yeah. does it come from where does it get again and, and i know that people listening to it, they're gonna what this guy's wacko i'm like i'm not saying <laughs> i believe i'm not saying i believe or disbelieve it's just it's something that's out there and you know you have to research it on your own our organization said we don't really care what bigfoot is we just want to research it and get as much information on it. That's all. And wherever that info leads us, it's going to lead us or not lead us. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who, what we are, what we think. And it really doesn't. The phenomenon is going to be what it is. Or is there several phenomena, which that's a very unpopular. That's a tough one. I, I mean, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, that there are like factions of researchers. So it's like you have your cryptid folks or in, actually even the cryptid is in factions, like you said, yeah. cryptozoology. So you have like Bigfoot only and then the ghost people like don't talk to the Bigfoot people and then the fucking UFO people don't talk to the ghosts. And it's like, you guys, if we just like overlapped some of this research, we might be a little further. Probably not, but it could be really interesting and fun. I I really support everybody sharing research. uh, Yeah, yeah, I I think a lot of it is uh, it can be about ego. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm going to be the guy to catch Bigfoot. They're not, but <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I I always said, and I've said this before, and it's it was very. Some people didn't like what I said, but I said, you know, come out in the woods, my me and my wife are out in the woods, and we see a dead Bigfoot. We would take some pictures of it, show our friends, walk away. I would not bring that specimen. I, and I, you know, I've been kind of called selfish. I'm like, why? I'm like, I've seen the way the Bigfoot community attacks, and do we really deserve an answer? All I know for sure, we're not going to be the one ones. If we're presented with the opportunity, we're walking away. Uh, honestly, I, I love that you said that, Brian, and I would do the same thing. I've seen enough movies. I've I've watched what humanity does when we get our hands on something like that. And it's just never good. So, I mean, and I. That's I never going to happen for me. Don't get me wrong. There's a better chance of maybe hitting the Powerball, which is a, up 800 some million. So I'm going to win it just to like, I'm going to win okay. it on Saturday, but. Can you help me out if you win? Sure. We'll, we'll supply your podcast. Okay, great. I mean, I think that I talk about this all the time on the podcast, just that we don't 
we almost aren't worthy of finding the answers. It would be a great compliment to be somebody because like obviously they don't just be leaving bodies around willy-nilly you know so like if you were able to see it somebody meant something somebody meant for you to see that and I feel that would be like a great compliment to you and I've had somebody on the show before who says that somebody that he works with actually has experienced something like that but will not tell anyone where it is and they're listening to this man or woman you're you're smart love you guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really, because the saddest thing to me would be it's just some hunter just shoots it and parades it and puts it out there. And look, I'm the guy, uh, you know, it's just something as noble a creature as this is, whether it's paranormal or whatever, interdimensional or just an animal. It doesn't deserve that. Fate. In my in my book. It doesn't. Agreed. Yeah. I <laughs> probably don't speak for very many people out there, but. No, well, certainly not all the people that were at that cryptid con. Holy shit. They were like, I'm going to catch him and I'm going to eat him. I mean, they want to do all kinds of weird stuff. Was that the one in Kentucky? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I one. always wanted to go there. But yeah, there are. And I do want to say, though, I mean, I'm not knocking these people that are oh, no. research like that. I'm not. I mean, that's their. I never knock anybody. You can do what you want. Honestly, I just I just get upset when they knock what we do. That's all. But actually, you know, you know, go ahead and do your thing. Maybe you guys will find it, you know, which who knows? Probably not. I, I, but... I seriously doubt it. My gut tells me they're not. Yeah. I'd rather have a scientist like Jeff Meldrum or something find a body and have him present it, not just some irregular guy just goes out and shoots it or gets hit by a car and it's laying dead in the road. There's something I don't want it to be proved like that. I want somebody, maybe in academia, they prove it and yeah. come up with better, not just some guy. I just shoots it or yeah, like like hitting the lottery. Hey, I found it. I'm gonna drag this in my car and I'm gonna put it on the news tonight. I'll sell the body for. I mean, you know, something like that would happen too. Yeah, um, yeah. And to me, it would be sad if that's the way this is. Absolutely. So we're talking about Bigfoot a lot, and you kind of told me your experiences with orbs and some other experiences you've had with specifically that cryptid. Have you had any other experiences with other cryptids? No, unfortunately, no. I we've researched. I know we've researched the researched the cases. We've been out like on Dogman cases. We've been out on the winged entity cases. We've been out on just really no no actual proof proof on those other than the eyewitness reports, which we do take 100%. And the ones that we followed up on, we actually went out in the woods and things like that. We believe they were credible or else they wouldn't have. Two weeks ago, you were at Point Pleasant. Did you, well, let me just know, what do you think about Mothman? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, we had the book and then we have, you know, there's a lot there with like the the alien component and potentially like, and then the Mothman prophecies came out, all that shit, you know. What do you think I, about all that? I, I would have to think that is either some kind of an, an interdimensional creature that was maybe stuck here for about a year, right? 66 to 67, or possibly some kind of extraterrestrial. I, I've actually talked to, I was cool. I was actually given an opportunity to talk to one of the Mothman eyewitnesses who's still living at the Monster Fest in Canton. And that was, I think, in May. Or no, excuse me, it's the beginning of June. And she saw this thing, you know, it flew over her car and things like that. And I was... Years ago, I met and talked very briefly to another eyewitness, Marcella's Bennett. Now, if, if you would go back and listen, she's the one that actually, she got out of her car and she had a baby. She had her baby and this thing popped up right next. And she actually dropped her baby. She was so scared and grabbed the baby and uh, ran back into this house. And this creature was up on the roof and things like that. So she told me the story and she says, and she looked at me uh, and I'm getting chills talking about it. She says, she points, she goes, don't ever let them tell you that it didn't exist. And then she went and it's from outer space because right before she dropped that baby, they pulled in, there was, there was a UFO. There were some lights in the sky. Then boom, that creature was there. 
she dropped her baby. And if you would have, I wish I could have taped it. And this is God, this must have been about 12, 10 or 12 years. That's how long ago she, she passed shortly after that. The fear in her eyes and how she said that, boy, it just, it, it like, I could still picture in her face. And I'm like, well, it's just like, wow. Just wow. she, she, what she saw, what she saw. So did the other lady. She's, they saw what they saw. What that thing was, neither one of them or me know what it is, but that's what they didn't see a crane. They didn't see a big owl. They saw a humanoid figure with, with no neck, with red eyes. Call them off, man. Call it whatever the hell you want. That's what they saw. Do you think that Point Pleasant has been changed since? That said, I mean, since 66 to 67, do you think that that has had an effect on Point Pleasant as a town? It, I think it, you know, I don't know if you, you ever there yet. Did you ever go there yet? I actually haven't gone yet. Oh, you got to go down. I, I'm, yeah, it's, this, we're going to do it this year. Yeah. Yeah, the festival is, uh, I think, the 16th or 18th September. It's a somber time. It does give you a somber feeling because, you know, I think it was like 47 people lost their lives on the bridge going back to, 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 to the corner stock. They killed him and there was an Indian massacre. Mm-hmm. There's a history of bloodshed. There's a history of sadness there. There really is. You can feel it. But the town itself is kind of like, Rocky, it's taken a beating. And since Jeff Walmsley, you know, one of one of the most awesome guys you'll ever want to meet, Jeff Walmsley, he's almost single-handedly with that festival, brought that town back up, brought back all new businesses, the Mothman Museum. People from come from all over the world to go into that museum. They do. And it's it's brought Mothman to the mainstream. Once the movie started too, the movie was I was actually an extra in that. People that listen to me know that I, they, they know I had to mention that. They know I had to mention <laughs> the town is like Rocky. They embraced more, more people embrace it now because it's brought new businesses, new people come down there. But I do think like on the undertow, it, it can be a somber town because, you know, with all that's happened there, you know, even like, like when I was there, you know, I, I walk out and I'm looking, looking at the river, imagining, oh my God, you know, you have a little vision of what happened and the people going, and it's so sad. It is. If you, if it doesn't tear you up, you're not human. I mean, it's just. It's just, uh, you, if you go, make sure you go, there's the amphitheater, go out there and just walk and then turn right. I said, left. Yeah. you want to look right. And that's where it was. Just it, really somber. There's a wall to memorial inside of the thing. You, you'll be able to find it, but sad. Yeah. It's a little town that keeps like popping up and, and we definitely need to go there. That's also my favorite cryptid is Mothman. I don't know. I love Mothman. He's my second after Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, Bigfoot first, yeah. The other one that we investigated in this last filming that we did for the documentary was the Loveland Frog. Yeah, the frog in Ohio, yeah. Yeah, the Frogman. So have you had any any eyewitnesses that have said well, they've experienced something like that? Yes, but we haven't contacted him yet. And basically, we were down. It was actually the night, actually, the night we went down to Beaver Creek a couple, you know, Memorial Day. There was a, a gentleman there with us who talked to this these two kids and the one they were both there this happened in ohio which would have been the it's out it, it, it's right next to uh like beaver creek park uh, maybe lisbon i think he was down at this park and there's the river and then there's an inlet that comes in and they said that he said this thing looked like a, an amphibian type creature come out of the water i have not been able to like to contact him because i want him to take me exact side we know the general area where it was where the park is but if we can get things and we may try to contact this guy soon i mean it happened about four years ago or so so again nothing recent nothing recent you have to get down there tomorrow but that's the only kind of what like i don't want to say creature from the black black lagoon type entity but yeah 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 that one it kind of stuck out to us because well just that area there is some weird stuff that had happened in loveland loveland's just an odd place i think 
And did you go to the festival? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Did you, how, how'd you like it? It was fun. It was, yeah, it was, it, they had a great turnout and everything. It wasn't huge, but it was, it was worth it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, we had a nice time and there were people there who had said that they believed a hundred percent that that entity existed and had it existed there for like a, a really long time, far beyond that first sighting, which was in like the 1940s, I think. Uh, I think. The, date, the date skips not. Yeah. I yeah. know a couple cops, a couple cops saw it too. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. Yeah. So that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. We then ended up staying in this castle out there, which I might have to cut this. I'm not sure. But anyway, I interviewed the guy that uh, works at this castle, the Loveland Castle, and he was like 100% all of us have seen this thing that comes out of this little little Miami River situation there. And are they still seeing it? They well, I the, I think the last that he said was like a couple of years ago, but still that's like oh. relatively recent. So yeah, okay. the way that he explained it, I was like it seems like he's telling the truth, but you know, you never know. He also has this like place where people come and tour and so maybe it's just something that he likes to say to get more people to come, but you know, it, there's a look that people get in their eyes, like you said with that one lady where she was like Mothman is from outer space, you know, it's yeah. like it just hits different. It's like something happened to them. I don't yeah. know what, but yeah, yeah. It was I mean, pretty- you know, there are, you know, there are tales of kind of something similar when people talk about reptilians. You know, there was a lizard man type thing in Bishopville. When we were, we actually were down my wife's cousins and I said, let's go to Myrtle Beach. We went to Myrtle Beach on the way down. I'm like, I almost caused it a wreck the car. I'm like, I'm like Bishopsdale. Oh, but I said, lizard man. And I did, I didn't connect it. That's, that's where it was. Yeah. So on yeah. the back, we stopped. We stopped at the Cotton Mill Museum, and I, I got a picture of the of the print. I got a little lizard man shirt and things like that. And I was so excited because last thing on my mind was we're going to drive next to Bishopville, South Carolina, and and we did. And I was like, it almost caused a wreck. The car. I'm like, Bishopville, <laughs> gotta go on the way back. We gotta go. It was fun. Yeah, but I mean, I do think. Well, I don't know if you're onto something, but I feel. Like, I agree that there are a lot of overlaps with, like, lizard man and frog man and moth man and perhaps, like, a praying mantis kind of alien. Mantis man. Type. It's been mantis man in Jersey. Yeah. 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 So I, I think there's a lot of, like, overlap with potential aliens. But at the end of the day, this is what we kind of always say is, like, but these are just words for a bunch of things that we don't fucking know about. Like mm-hmm. aliens and cryptids and fae, fairies, whatever, all of that stuff. It's like we we categorize. Yeah. They might not be categorized. We don't know. Well, Pete, there's another thing about that. People want a name. They want a label. And, you know, different labels could be, be for the exact same thing. People in the labels, monikers, you know, they got to label this. It's got to be. And we just don't know. We just don't know what, what they are. Yeah. Um, we had talked to a guy. The picture is on the internet. It's up in Clark County, Chicora. He looked like he got a picture of a gnome on his trail cam. If you take it in, Chicora or Butler gnome, try to find it. And I talked to the gentleman. I know who the gentleman is. I tried, tried desperately to, for us to get up there because he knows a friend of mine. And the friend of mine connected me with him. He won't let us come up. And, I, you know, I'm like, I'm still going to work on it. I mean, he has had. And I always ask him, hey, do you see anything lately? Do you see anything? No, but he's looking. He's got cameras out. He sees something. Let me know. But you, if you do get a chance, please go look and see it. It's about this small. It's on a trail camera. He actually, I do believe, took that picture 
and took it like to an expert or something. And I forget or something about it was just like in one frame and the speed was so fast. They didn't understand how that got in there. Now, again, is that an interdimensional thing? Is that something that just barely slipped in there? Yeah. Slip temporal anomaly. I mean, boom, it comes in. Now, I don't know. Like, see, one of my favorite shows is Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know if you watch mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I love that because all these different phenomena are on this ranch and they've been there for a long time. Now, again, somebody, you think all that's real? I'm like, is some played up for TV? Yes. Absolutely. But it seems, again, I could be wrong, that they are doing experiments that can be measured. Yeah. And they're showing, and I got a spike on an EMF. I got this, I got that. And they're taking real time pictures and things like that. If they're hoaxing that, these guys are really good because they seem to believe that whatever they're catching is real. And some of that, I think, would be hard for someone to be out there hoaxing them. Of course, they're, oh, there's an object with the mesa and then that gets into there. We're going to drill. Yeah, some of that is, eh. But some of the things, the light, the light anomalies, some of the mm-hmm. uh, mutilation, things like all this together in this big, great ball of weirdness. Oh, orbs, orbs that'll fry a dog, or kill a dog and giant wolves. I mean, portals and creatures coming out of. All these things have been documented there. So there's something there. It's a it's an awesome place. I would love to go. I would love to go too. I know. I was like, how can we get in touch with, what's that guy's name? Brendan or Brent? What's his name? Brendan Frugal. Yeah. Frugal. Yeah. That guy. I'm like, how can I get in touch with him? I would just love to go and like get a feel of it because I, I'm, I'm fascinated if it's like palpable yeah, but- when you walk in. To, you know, when you head into the space or if it's something that like kicks in after you've been there a few days or, you know, yeah, it's a it's fascinating place. And I think especially the cattle mutilations with that yeah. show. I'm like, how in the fuck, like what production company in the world would figure out how to like fake that, you know, because you'd have to kill a cow or you'd have to like, I mean, it's just, I think that one, that's one of the ones are just like, that's got to be something that actually did happen. Well, I could also be have wrong. A new one. Hey, you watched a new one beyond Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, I'm pretty you watch sure I watched one? both of them. Yeah. 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 Now they have, you know, the brat. And it was it was cool. Like this, it was, I think it was for, for maybe the second episode. I'm like, oh my, I have a book on the Bradshaw by Tom Dongo. And again, I forget what, what the name of the book is offhand. I mean, but because we have a couple of house books at our library, we have a huge library. They documented it, which they, which they did not show on that though. They have a they have a couple really cool pictures of some kind of an entity. It almost looks like an alien type. I mean, why they didn't really show that on there? They should have. They have orb sightings, things like that. Uh, you know, it's it's Skinwalker in a different location. I think that was was in Colorado. Yeah. But yeah. they're going to do a couple other places. To me, it's like, yeah, that's a portal. The, the portals, the uh, temporal anomalies, the portals, however you want to say, window areas, different names. Again, there's your moniker, window, portal, blah, blah, blah. I do believe they exist and possibly, you know, maybe there's something in the soil. They say the crystals can magnify energy, maybe somehow magnify energy. We're looking also into space weather on some of our stuff. You get a mass coronal ejection or geomagnetic storm on the same place where you've got crystals. Could it, boom, could it open something up? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I mean, fucking knows. I, say I don't know a lot. Yeah, I mean, you sh- as you should. I mean, we don't know. And I love that you say I don't know because that just shows what kind of investigator you are. And I think having that humility when it comes to investigating this stuff, it, for me, as far as building an investigative team, that's imperative. I want people who are going to think outside of the box and are open-minded about what the possibilities could be because we we don't know shit. I mean, 
And 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 we we talk about this occasionally too, like the Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, he, every yeah, once yeah. in a while, he talks about how many fucking galaxies there are, and how many I mean, galaxies within galaxies. And it's like if you think you know everything, like you're crazy, because like this this universe is bananas. It's just straight up bananas. The a lot of scientists, I do think, I do think, like in the privacy of their own own homes and things like that, they're like, you know what? There's something to this. But if I go to my peer review board. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna kick me out. Just on the same like with you know pilots seeing UFO afar UAPs now, right? UFOs are so passe, right? UAP. If they were to come forth, you know, hey, you know, what are we gonna check your mental condition? You might not be able to fly. It's like that's my livelihood, dude. I didn't see nothing. You see, it's the same thing. So a lot of people, I think a lot of people, even in some of your diehard crypto bigfoot hunters, in the back of their mind, they're gonna say, you know, hey, I saw this. Saw these lights in the woods and this thing. I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're gonna put me in the the woo category. And yeah. you don't want to be in the woo category. It's just, it's unfair. It is kind of, it's kind of like they, they make it, they make woo a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo, woo to me just means unexplained. It doesn't, but yeah. they make it, you know, oh, so now your, your mind is, there's mind speak and there's, there's sparkly Bigfoot so they can trip. And one of the things I always hated the most, uh, don't try to explain a phenomenon with another phenomenon. I've heard that nothing gets me angrier because like, dude, how do you know they're not part of the same phenomenon? Why are you saying I'm trying to explain it with this? I'm not trying to explain it. Telling you this may be with this or they're just seen at the same time. Right. I'm not trying to explain this to this. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I do think, too, sometimes these phenomena just do come together occasionally. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's no connection at all. You know, maybe let's say that like for UFO, let's say that, okay, you know, they're monitoring a Bigfoot or something. They see a Bigfoot. They see some humans. Hey, let's make a little appearance and see how they react with the three phenomena there. And Mm -hmm. maybe they're just (laughs) observing that. You don't know. I don't know. But. I don't make blanket statements anymore. I always say that I, I'm more in that gray area on everything. And older I get, it's like maybe there's two, two different versions of a Bigfoot. Maybe there is a, a paranormal, for, you know, a, or a interdimensional. And maybe the other ones are just flesh and blood. Maybe there's both guys. Why does it have to be just one? Why, why can't there be both? I mean, yo, I guess I'm explaining a phenomenon with another phenomenon, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the reason that I called the podcast Follow the Woo was because woo is a derogatory term. Like at, it, Inception was actually a derogatory term. And so we wanted to reclaim it and be like, fuck you. Like, you know, what What if we just followed the woo, you know, wherever it took us in all these different conversations and investigations? And mm-hmm. and I think that it sounds like you're the same way. But there's something, nothing keeps my interest more than the woo or the unexplained in your terms. And so for me, like what worthier pursuit could they there be for me personally like i mean of course like i want to make sure that i'm helping out my fellow human and that i'm not just like tunnel vision only paranormal but i do think there's something that is cultivated in you as a paranormal investigator and i think it is if you're doing it right in my opinion again i think <laughs> we hope we are we're trying that's all i can yeah say. <laughs> like i feel like you're, you're cultivating some kind of humility and some kind of deep curiosity i mean a lot of what people are missing and in, in my experience in in the fucked up world that we live in is empathy, humility, and curiosity. And I think all of those three components I get in spades when I'm on an investigation or just doing any of this work, talking with you. It's such it's such a pleasure. It's like so fun to hear what you've experienced and what what other people that you're investigating have experienced. I mean, it's just it's endless. 
it's endless. And that's sometimes like that's annoying. My wife just, you know, she'll say, oh, it's like, okay, you're going, you're going to be talking for two hours. And then, cause she here, she lives it. She lives it 24 seven. Right. But I always tell her there, you can get on this podcast and it's just as good as me. Cause we, we live it. Yeah. We've lived this, you know, we've lived this basically our whole marriage. We're going to be married 37 years in November and we've done it for 36. Wow. So, I mean, you know, we, we, our nicknames used to be the Mulder and Scully of Beaver County where we used to live. And cause we have up, upstairs what we call the S files and now I have to take maybe a couple pictures and send. Yeah. Would you? We have a whole huge file cabinet and we have binders of, what do you call it? newspaper articles and 12 boxes of old mag old magazines fade everything we've been doing this for so long it's it's second nature i mean you know just, just like, like if we'll go somewhere or if i go into a bookstore especially we go on vacation someplace i've never been i'm like you know where i'm going first i'm going to the local section local you find some good local books about local folklore and you learn about we found a bunch of books like that and now our focus right now is shifting into West Virginia. We're trying to buy everything. We're trying to learn, talk to everybody about this whole big, huge state of ours where yeah. people don't really want to talk. My friend Fred calls this Willy Wonk on the Chocolate Factory because there's so much here. Once they start talking, it's it's going to be fun. It's like I'm a kid in that Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory right now. Yeah, Kentucky's a lot like that too. And that's actually, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's why we moved out here. My partner and I moved out here from Los Angeles. I was working in film and... I got more into the paranormal stuff. I was always kind of into it, but I like dove into it. And I moved to Kentucky because the cave system, I think. I'm yeah, not sure. Like, right? Yeah, that whole cave system that goes up, you know, something is in there. I don't know what oh, it is. Oh, I think so. I, I would bet, yeah. What is it? I do, there could be more than one thing, probably. Honestly. Have you met uh, Borton Nunley yet? No. Oh, man, he... You got it. I have never met him personally, but I follow his work. He has a book out there you've got to get called The Inhumanoids. Okay. Find that book. Read that book. Learn that book. So many good. He's like one of my fans. And I, I got to go see him sometime. I got to meet him. He's like one of my, you know, one of the guys I got to meet. He talking about interdimensional. Okay. Dogman. He's done a lot of dogman research. Kentucky. A lot of, re lot of reports there in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. So one of the few reports that there was a farmer out in the field somewhere in Kentucky. It's in one of his books. And he looks across his field and he sees this shimmer. Kind of like if it's a hot day and you're driving down the road, you see that shimmer in the distance. But, you know, mm -hmm. you don't talk about whatever that eat that. So he sees this and this dog man steps out of that shimmer. The farmer sees him. The dog man goes like this, this, like kind of sniffs the air and he looks at him and he's like startled. He steps back and he disappears in that shimmer. If, that, if that's not a case for an interdimensional being, then I don't know what it is. I mean, tell me, please tell me right now. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the poster boy of, of these creatures. Maybe those, especially dog man, maybe the others being interdimensional the lizard man the frog man the dover demon you can list them chupacabra let's go down abc let's go down the whole list maybe they're all like that maybe they can control it maybe they can't maybe there's this big cosmic wave that every once in a while hey i'm gonna pick up this dog man and throw him over here for a while and then throw him back hello i mean yeah, i wish I, did. Sometimes I i feel stupid when i give up in my presentation and i say i don't know and i tell the people i said you know telling you this i wish i had more facts to give you i really do and i said so and sometimes i feel stupid that i can't do more for you that i can't show you more or tell you more but i'm not gonna lie to you i just don't have it and i that that bothers me but what else can i do i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna be truthful yeah i think i'm the worst researcher in the world that's cool but i'm i'm, I'm the honest researcher what i yeah if you we said it if you think you know i don't think you're doing it right but dogman for the listeners who might not know about dogman would you like to give a brief description or or just in your experience? like Yeah, so, some of the reports that we get, basically, they, they say, well, what is a dog man? I, I would say if you take the biggest, biggest regular wolf 
You can't stick him up on two legs and make him walk naturally. And that's what a lot of the people are seeing. Sometimes they got red eyes, green eyes, glowing eyes, but they're basically almost the ones we've gotten. Let me, let me narrow that down, except for one, which was up a big wolf. Now they look like your Hollywood werewolf. You notice I said Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I don't believe people could turn into werewolves. Okay. Although some of your skinwalkers, you know, people say, think that they can. I don't think it's physically possible with your bone structure and everything to, to, Again, though, some of the stuff we've researched, I can't say no anymore. This maybe there may be some cosmic thing that I'm, but you know, typical were. And I love the werewolf movies. I love them, but no, I don't. I I, I don't think so. But I can't even say that a hundred percent because then I'd be lying to you. But what these things are, I mean, you know, one with Barton, that sure wasn't a natural animal here. That you're just you just disappear into a shimmer. That's just not. That's not doesn't happen in the real world that they. Tell us we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could talk to you forever. UAP. I could come back we, anytime you want. You just let us yeah, know. Yeah, we, sh- we should talk again. I want to ask real quick before I ask you my final question. This is second to last. You mentioned the like, oh, like UFO is passe and now it's UAP because of all these reports that have come out. You know, even the New York Times wrote an article. It was like yeah. everywhere. What do you think about that all of a sudden? There's to me, there's no better time the UFO researchers than now. These, some of this stuff that's coming out, I personally believe it's a soft disclosure. I say soft. Mm-hmm. It's it, one of those things like, well, we never said it was extraterrestrial, but we didn't say it wasn't. The government, like, they, you, I'm sure you saw Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. The movie. One yeah, of my favorite yeah. parts was on that airplane, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Judd, was it Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch or something? You knew then about that Roswell, but you said nothing. <laughs> and yeah. then, President said, no, I'm sorry. There is no such thing as Area 51. And the guy goes, that's not exactly right. (laughs) Why wasn't I told about this? You remember what he said? I can't remember. Plausible deniability. Mm. Plausible deniability. It's plausible. We can deny it. There's another one. The government works in the gray area. Not totally wrong, but not totally right. What do you get? You get the middle. You get the gray area. So you can, with a couple sentences, a couple missed words, not saying the word, putting another word in, all of a sudden you're on the other side. Yeah. We didn't even say that. We said not, there was a lot in that word or could be. You didn't read it right. Mm-hmm. So they can just flip over and say, you know, I said could be. I did not say definite. There's a difference between definite, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's there's a thing. You're lying or you're embellishing. And embellishing does have some truth in it, but you're just puffing it up a little bit. A lie is a lie. Oh, I see, it's kind of like. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. I mean, if you think about a lot of this, it's basic sense, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the the articles that I read for sure were very much like, I'm not exactly what you said. I'm not saying it is an ET, but I'm not saying it's not an ET. You know, watch, and it, just watch anybody who listens to this and is into the UAP slash UFO slash flying saucer slash flying disc. <laughs> watch, watch carefully everything that's going to come out dissect it think about it because they're throwing in some things that you really if you watch it it's i and again maybe i'm being naive that little kid watching these ufos when i was like seven i want to believe that they're gonna yeah not totally come out enough to say and i think we're getting to at least that point you can't hide it forever you can't no these things have flown over military installations and, and shut missile systems down guys oh yeah that's right yeah so I remember if, it's, that. if it's the Russians or the Chinese who really hate us really a lot right now, you know, could be some stuff happening there. They would have used it already. 
They yeah. would have shut herself down and invaded or attacked us. Use your head. I mean, come on. There's something to this. I hope I live to see something on that end because I'm yeah. starting to slide down the, the old slippery slope there and I won't be around forever. I'm, I got, you know, more years behind me than in front of me in this. Yeah. So I'm hoping it, man. Just just give me a little something. Right. <laughs> I, I walk into the next dimension. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a there's a big possibility that it could happen. I mean, it could happen. It does feel like a soft disclosure, as you said. And I think, yeah, I, I remember that. I don't remember where it was, the, the missile thing, that there were all of the... And now let me know if this is what you're talking about. What I read or watched, I can't remember, was that there was a butt ton of missiles and they were all deactivated at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And... Beyond that, they were deactivated, but like in a way that they can never be used. And that was it. And it just happened all at once. And there's no way that that can actually happen with the systems that they had in place. Is that right? It's something it's something, yeah, something to that effect. It's been so long. I think that might have been a white sand missile base, I think. But I think it actually happened a couple places. But the ones I, I, I think I remember, the system did go back on, but that was after that UFO that was hovering or close to the area left. So, oh. yeah. So, I mean... It's, if so, you, you mean to tell me like it, like it, let's say the Russians had that. And this this had to be in the what seventies, early seventies, or something. If they had that technology to do that, they sure as heck wouldn't be having trouble going through Ukraine like a hot butter through Niagara. I mean, come on, it, there's just certain things that just don't add up. The main two, Russia and China, the main two boogeymen. <laughs> yeah, one of those would have used something on us by now. If they had the, even if they had all that, to me, they had that technology. We would see that surfacing in some of the war zones. Yeah, I mean, as I'm sure you know, that's one of the like main theories about extraterrestrials is that like they they don't show up until we're about to blow ourselves up. Yeah, I've heard that plenty of times. And and yeah, and of course, like in the 60s, 70s, I mean, the atomic bomb around there that was like a whole big motherfucking thing, and people have theorized that that's why there were so many they're sightings. watching us more since the nuclear yeah so. yeah they're like these dumb dumbs they're gonna <laughs> ruin the whole fucking thing yes <laughs> so, yep. yeah i think when they fly like, past earth they lock their doors they're yeah they, <laughs> <laughs> they're like this place is unsafe yeah i think that's a cool theory i like that theory because yeah, it, it would be sense. nice that we're being watched out by somebody a lot smarter than us which really isn't that hard <laughs> no yeah seriously we because we're know. we're a violent Mankind is a is a violent race. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. In general, you just look back at your history. I mean, it's I'm not saying anything. No one knows, you know, doesn't know about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, humanity as a whole, for sure. The last thing that I want to ask you this time, because I definitely have to have you back again. Oh, anytime. That would be great. Is what is the weirdest paranormal, unexplained woo experience that you've ever had personally? Well, I'd I would say seeing the orb come down and then disappearing. And then along with that intense feeling and salt fork. And another time too, when I worked at a local Dollar General in PA, that I saw this figure corner of my eye with like a dark shape. And I went and I talked to the, uh, store, the lady who ran, ran the store, the manager. I said, you ever see anything or have anything weird here? She says, oh, you saw George the ghost. He's back. And I go, where did you see him at? Oh, right back in the corner. I said, yeah, I just, I just saw him yesterday. I mean, I saw the uh, very, very, very briefly, but it was a come twice. I didn't see all I saw was a dark shape. I didn't see a men features or anything. But when I told her that she nonchalantly, oh, yeah, that's George. I goes, I says, you know, where'd you see it? Right back in that corner. I'm like, yeah, if I was shutting the lights off to leave. I felt I felt really weird. I just you know how they always say in your periphery vision, you see, mm-hmm. saw it twice. Yeah, I mean, those are the two. And then the one other time was when we were at a church. Up in Erie, PA. Mm-hmm. 
on Lake Erie. Our friend Robin Swope had the church at the time. He's since, since moved. But there was allegedly a ghost there. We were downstairs looking at the old foundation and there was nobody. Church was all locked up. He only had the key. And you had to go down some steps, go around the corner. And then you just went in these doors and there was the old foundation. I was taking pictures. So we hear coming down the steps. And the door was like one of those doors that had a bar. You know, the old ones had a bar. Yeah. Bar started to go. I said, somebody's there. We walked around. We just immediately, really, it was just like right around the corner. No one could have ran up those steps that fast. Nobody was there. And then I hurried up and I ran up and I ran into the church. And he was like, oh, yeah, this happens here. And me and my wife were just looking at each other. I mean, it was on. You just heard. Someone coming down. There was probably six or seven steps down into the basement. And then that door shut. Like somebody was going to push it. They didn't. But it shook a little bit. And I was just, my eyes are up. And I'm like, oh, I expected one of his congregation to be there or something messing with us. I opened it up. I'm like, nobody. So then I ran upstairs. And then I looked at, you know, I walked and it's like, nobody, nobody could have, could have been in there and could have ran up that fast. Enough. They couldn't have, you know, because yeah. everything was locked up. And I think only him and one other person had to eat. So uh, he said, he said, you won't find anybody here. That's that, that ghost that apparently knocked off books on the shelf, kind of like Ghostbusters. We tried to look, you know, try to get an impact vision or we didn't catch it. Yeah, it was, it was that, those three alone. Those are great. Yeah. And I, I still have. I mean, I've seen shadow figures, but I've yet to have like a full body apparition sighting. And I'm so jealous because I was actually in the room with someone who had the full body apparition. Like, uh, actually, it was my stepsister at the time. We were we were teenagers and she saw it. You know, I mean, like and we weren't even like doing paranormal shit. She was just going to the bathroom and she about I mean, like scream bloody murder and i was just like what 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 and she saw that i was a little boy like dead on and i i'm like why did i get to see um you know and i and i always wonder like why they pick who they pick who gets to see or do they or is it just sort of like oh that person just happened to be there when they were like shuffling through are they on the same frequency the entities yeah you yeah you definitely send you their information jamie jamie and jenny king you have to get them on your show they're Fantastic. And I, I just, you, I will give you their contact. You gotta, you gotta get them on your show. If there's two people in this field, they're, they're awesome. That's all I can say. Awesome. Yeah. I would love that. And you mentioned the butler. Was it the butler gnome? Is that what you said? Well, how do I find it? The butler or slash Chikora gnome, G N O M E. Yeah. Get gnome. And you'll see it. It's just like one photo and it looks like there's a little guy in the hat and everything's sitting on there. I mean, it's, it's really, and then they blow it up a little bit. It's really, uh, it's a, I think it's impressive. And I believe that he said, he goes, I, I think that's what it is because never seen it since. And it wasn't, he didn't put it there. It wasn't Photoshop. Even, I think he took it to the thing and they said, this isn't Photoshop. It's just something that just came in in there in that split second and then it was gone. So again, it's a dimensional type thing. Gnomes, fairies, my wife and her friend Leah, they, they researched the gnomes and the fairies too. So little people, however you want to, the fae, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But tell me again, how do you say it? Jacora? How, how do you spell uh, that? Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, C-H-I-C-O-R-A. Jacora. Jacora Gnome. Okay, I'm looking that up. Butler County, Pennsylvania. Okay, got it. And I wanted to ask you before we hop off here, I'm so glad that we had this chat. I didn't realize that you had so much going on with like files and cases and all that. Oh, yeah. We would love to, if you're open to it as a crew, when we do our next filming, we would love to come and visit you or even oh, just awesome. yeah. 
That we're would be actually, so cool. We're actually having Heather Moser over tomorrow night from Small Town Monster. She's never been here. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we like to share that. We like to, we, that, that knowledge, we like to get it out. We don't want to be like the cancer man in the X-Files. He just puts in everything oh, in the box. Right? The yeah. cancer man. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about yeah. him. I love, oh, I love the X-Files so much. We, we, I always tell people, we were Mulder and Scully before Mulder and Scully. I mean, we did it. We were going away before the series even. You're the OG Mulder and Scully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'd like to see your documentary comes out. I would help share it. I'd like to see it. So let oh, us Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll share it with everyone. There's two of them. So one of them is like a, an episodic where we go to different places and oh. investigate. And then the other one is, you know, which is fairly standard, although we look at it through a different lens. And then the other one is kind of like a deep dive show where we all go on this very bizarre adventure that's oh. still happening. So, I mean, either one of those shows, you would fit in just perfectly. <laughs> so if, if yeah, you... we've been called weirdos before. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're fine with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm already thinking of I took so many notes of things that you said and. We really do, we run the documentaries the same as the podcast in that we follow the curiosity, the the woo, just however it organically unfolds. And so I would love to see all this shit that you just told me about and what like crops up organically from that. And if we can like weave you into a storyline, if you're comfortable with that. Uh, that would yeah. Be whatever, hey, whatever. You just, you know how to contact me now. I mean, we're open to it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Seriously. And I'd love if to meet Terry. Check, if you want to check out, I'm on a couple of the small town monster Bigfoot things called Sasquatch on Earth. One is the Ridge and the other one's Mountain State Monsters, which is, we're on the first two briefly, but we're, the one that we did for this panhandle should be coming up in a month or two. So we're excited. We're excited about that one down here. So you and Terry are on the one that's not out yet. Is that right? Well, no, there's three. He usually puts out about five of them. It's called Sasquatch on Earth Mountain State Monster. That's the new one. So there's two out and I don't know how, there may be three more. But the, the one specifically for this area has not come out yet. And the other one was called Sasquatch Unearthed the Ridge, whereas I, I was on that. That's about some older research we did up in the, the Chestnut Ridge, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check those out. That's yep. awesome. I've seen some of those, but I haven't gotten like full into the cryptic. Yeah, that's what they're on, on YouTube. Those ones are on YouTube. So, Oh, awesome. Well, thank you again. Tell Terry I said hi, and I okay. would love to meet her next time if she's open to it. Oh, yeah, she is. I think. She's in the room right now. But yeah, she would do it. All right, cool. Okay. Well, take care. See you, Brian. Have a good one. Okay, take care. Have a good night. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Okay, <laughs> bye. One of my favorite lines of this episode is, when they fly past Earth, they lock their doors when talking about aliens. And I think that's true. They're like, dang, this is the rough part of town. <laughs> you know, I often wonder if the aliens are going to save us. And the further into this dystopian nightmare that we live in, we get, the less I think they're going to come. Although I am one of those believers, I do think that they have helped us before. Because if you look at the dates of when we've had the most sightings, it's always around a very large catastrophic event that could have destroyed the entire planet. I do think they've helped us before, but they kind of only come if we're going to kill ourselves, you know? <laughs> They're just like, mm, okay, well, we'll just let them keep learning and working through their karmic knots or whatever the fuck we're doing here. <laughs> anyway, check out what Brian's up to and his wife. You can follow them 
on Facebook. You just go to the search bar and put in Center for Cryptozoological Studies. And I'll have that link in the show notes, of course. You know, I always do. And also, they have this really cool crest that they've made. And they have a bunch of merch that you can purchase. It's really cute. It kind of feels like Bigfoot slash Harry Potter. I don't know. For me, it's giving that. And I'm fully here for it. So you can go to their cafe press and you can get all kinds of stuff. You can get sweatshirts and I think like stickers and pajamas and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, if you want to look like a fucking badass and wear this crest of cryptozoological studies... Uh, You should. And it's got a little banner on it that says join the search, which is pretty fucking cool. So you should go support these people. They're really lovely people. And have a great Valentine's Day. And I'd love to hear about your cryptid experiences. I've had a lot of people email into Follow the Woo and tell me about their cryptid experiences and their weird sightings, interdimensional sightings. And I'm going to start sharing some of those stories on the podcast or maybe on Instagram. I'm not sure. Like I said in the last episode, we are revamping everything right now. We're going to have a phone number soon. In fact, we have one already, but we don't have it entirely set up yet. You're going to be able to call in your experiences anytime you want. And there'll be a recording where you can choose different numbers for different categories of things. We're getting that all set up now. So we're trying to make it super easy for you to remain anonymous as well. Because I know this is something that's super taboo for a lot of people. But like I always say, in my experience, every single person I've ever met with a little poking and a little prodding, they have a paranormal experience. And sometimes they don't think that they have when we first start talking. But by the end of the conversation, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that was paranormal. I had a paranormal experience the other night, actually. I, this is my first like bona fide paranormal experience I've had in quite some time. I, and that, I mean, some time for me is far shorter than most people, I think, but it was pretty rad. I was lying in bed and it was cool because it was one of those ones that was in tandem with my wife and I was fully awake, lights are off, and all of a sudden I see this bright blue orb. It's like as big as my face and it's shaped kind of like a a vessel of some kind, like a pot or like a lamp or something. And it's blue and it covers my whole face and it just stays there for a second. And then I get this like electrical shock throughout my whole body that what are those things called? I can't remember what they're called, but you know, when you're at the hospital and they put those two things together to jumpstart you, it felt like that. I was just laying down and then my whole body just completely lifted off the bed and fell back down. And I scared Ash and I was so excited. I was like, Ash, I just had a paranormal experience. And then she was like, wait, did you see a blue teapot? And I was like, well, I wasn't sure if it was a teapot or not. And she's like, that's what I saw. I'm the feeler. I always have the physical experiences and she gets a lot of the visuals. Then she saw this visual of eight people in a circle indoors. So it was was inside a building somewhere. There were long curtains in the window and there was a blue vessel in the center of us. And all of this blue energy was swirling around all eight people. We did have an SD session recently, in fact, more than one. And the entities kept telling us And they keep telling us, actually, over and over again, there will be eight of you, and not all of them have arrived yet. Anyway, if you have paranormal experiences that you want to share, anonymously or not, stay tuned to the podcast where you can always email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. But if you'd rather leave a message and just get on a call with me or someone from the team, we can make that happen for you as well. Okay? Okay. So have a lovely life. You're great. And I'll see you next week. Bye.
Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 